Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question, the show that gives you too much information about what evil dimensions that magician at your fifth birthday party was tapping into when he pulled that rabbit out of the hat. Oh God. Uh, probably the sixth dimension. That's where uh, the rabbits go. <laughs> that's where all the rabbits come from. <laughs> My name is MT and I'm here today with off-screen producer Brandon. What's going on, Brandon? Oh, not much. You know, just really betraying my title of off-screen producer. Sorry, I keep sneaking in here. <laughs> you are now screen producer, Brandon. <laughs> I know. I'm getting worried. Brand. They're going to take my title away. <laughs> Hit me with that big question, Brandon. Okay. Shang-Chi. It's finally got its release Yay! in theaters. It's finally here. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But now we've been introduced to what seems like a completely new form of magic in the MCU. Like a, a whole other form of magic. Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta collect all this magic. And, you know, frankly, that leads us to this week's big question. What are all the different forms of magic that we have seen in the MCU? Hmm, that is a really great question. Like, because, yeah, Shang-Chi brings up a very new type of magic that it's, we've never seen before. It's brand um, new and like no one no one bothers to explain it to us. Yes, it's like sort of like airbending in this weird like Avatar the Last Airbender type of way. Water. But yes. Earth. Fire. Well, that is a great question, Brandon. But before we get into it, we should mention that we will be covering some new concepts introduced in the latest MCU film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And we're going to try and be somewhat broad about it. But if you're worried about spoilers at all, consider this your warning. This is the spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Shang-Chi, what are you doing? Kung Fu waits for no one. Let's talk magic in the MCU. It's more than just different and pretty colors, okay? We'll start with some of the first magic we were first introduced to in the MCU, and that would be Asgardian magic. Ah, uh, yes. And this is the type of magic we were first introduced to in Thor. And we all recall Thor described the mythical nature of Asgard and its people as a combination of both science and magic. And Asgardian magic is used throughout Asgard as a way to power vehicles, weapons, and even medical devices like defibrillators. Just kidding. That's just Mjolnir <laughs> they in could Avengers have... Endgame. Oh, that it's true. <laughs> It's a magic defri defibrillator. I can't say it. Defibrillator. 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 The one oh, no. uh, thing that defibrillates. Yeah. I've never heard defibrillate used as a verb that way. Defibrillate that man. Doctor, defibrillate <laughs> that man. We're not saying it right. We are not saying it right. We saw in Thor The Dark World how the magic-powered machine was used to help Jane Foster, who was pumped full of that red goo. That red goo that was sucking all of her life force. Oh, it was taking it away. Nice. Yeah, that machine was really cool. It was like magic and like... It's very mystical cool. but scientific the asgardians have a very long lifespan and they spend a lot of that time studying asgardian magic to see how it can best be used to improve their lives like items can also be imbued with asgardian magic as well including some of the enchanted items in odin's vault and asgardian magic can also be wielded by the citizens of asgard and even by orphaned frost giant runs like a certain loki and though loki tends to use it for more nefarious purposes as lokis do but we do see them do all sorts of things with asgardian magic including mind control illusion manipulation on my way down to coordinate search and rescue on my way down to coordinate search and rescue telekinesis clairvoyance and conjuration it's, it's all a part of their lives they love the magic and asgardian magic also provides the power for the odin force mm. the magical force wielded by the leader of asgard who named it after himself apparently well there were like <laughs> other leaders of asgard before odin it wasn't <laughs> called the boar force right the boar force that'd be so like oh it's so boring oh, he, he's boar talking against the boar force yeah. oh no do you think boar was like <laughs> boar's like i'm using the odin force and they're like why is it called the odin force and he's like you'll see you'll I'll my see. son. <laughs> I'm gonna have a son. It, it'll make sense later. 
<laughs> leave me alone. I'm tired. The Odin Force is directly connected to the wielder. The Odin Force can be used to imbue objects with power. For example, Mjolnir, mm. our favorite magical object in the MCU. What is the name of Thor's hammer? Mjolnir? Jonathan? I feel, I mean, other than Dr. Strange's cape. It can also be used to generate the Odin Sleep, which heals and replenishes the power of the user. Unlike, you know, my, uh, my, my naps, which make me more tired. More tired. I don't know how that happens. Um, but that just that's the empty you, sleep. Uh, the Odin force is like a part of Asgardian magic, but only one person can really do it. And it, you got to be yeah. the, you got to be the king or queen to do it. I, I, I hope they rename it to the Valkyrie force because mm. uh, I wonder if she has it. That would be crazy. We better see. Oh, my God. That, I, can't, I hope she has it. She better. Users of Asgardian magic can also use it to channel dark energy. And Odin and Heimball both do this when they need to teleport people across the galaxy without the aid of the Bifrost. Let the dark magic. In fact, Heimdall is a powerful wielder of Asgardian magic, and this is how he's able to keep an eye on someone mm. no matter where they are in the universe. Like pretty much everyone in the universe, Heimdall can see them. Heimdall's watching. I'm watching you, Azaski. Always watching. Yeah, yeah, Heimdall and Uatu are the biggest perverts mm. in the Marvel it's true. Uh, multiverse. <laughs> Honestly, they be peeping. watching everybody. They be peeping. They be peeping all day. They got the peeping, peeping peepers. Peeping peepers. Peeping, 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 peeping peepers. Loki is able to hide from Heimdall, right? Like he's a, he's so good with Asgardian magic that he can like kind of hide himself because Heimdall's like, I couldn't see what you were doing. Can you tell me where Loki is hiding? I'm in hiding. You can't see me because of Loki. <laughs> No, it's it's so true, and like it's it's so weird how like there's certain things that Heimdall can't see. Mm. Like when when Jane Foster disappeared, and when mm -hmm. she when she first uh, came in contact with the Ether, he's like, yeah. I don't know where she went. Where'd she go? And I hope they sort of go into why Heimdall can do this because we don't know much about Heimdall's past. It'd be cool to like see like Heimdall growing up and be like, oh, you saved someone from an accident and uh, chemicals fell on your eye. Now you can see everything. And this other guy, he, he's blind. <laughs> uh <laughs> Young Heimdall, this fall on I, Disney+. Plus. Heimdall and Matt Murdock have the same origin story, but one of them lucked out. <laughs> and Asgardian magic does not appear to require any spells or incantations, which is pretty freaking sweet. I gotta say, I feel like Doctor Strange would have loved that when he was trying to, you know, make spells with his, his broken hands. And it also does not require any user to wield any objects to manipulate the magic. However, as we stated earlier, objects can be imbued with Asgardian magic. So... That's Asgard. That's yeah. all the Asgard rubble. Magic. That does make sense. I like what you said, MT, about them like living so long and just studying it. Like they're so they have so much time to get good mm. at the magic. Yeah, they don't have to be doing all the. Well, what, like, what is it? Ten thousand hours? Yeah, yeah, it, right. It's, it makes them an expert. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about. Eldritch magic next. This type of magic is most famously wielded by mm. Doctor Strange, you know, the ancient one and the other masters of the mystic arts. Practitioners of Eldritch magic study spells and conjure Eldritch magic energy through their fancy hand movements. And it often manifests itself in fun geometric patterns and can be used to manifest shields and weapons alike. Eldritch magic can also be used to imbue objects with powers to create relics, especially when magic is too strong for one person to wield. And the sling ring is a perfect example of this. And we've seen these magical relics in the MCU, like, you know, Mordo's Staff of the Living Tribunal and the Vaulting Boots of Valtor. Like, that scene is perfect. Yeah, for, I wanted, like, 50 more relics. I was like, just show me the relic right? ring, baby. <laughs> let's go to the closet. Yeah, like, yeah. Let's, let's stop training. Let's go directly to the closet. Show yeah, me yeah. everything. I want the Cloak of Invisibility, please. Yeah. Uh, that seems pretty cool. 
Mm. There's also, of course, Wong's Wand of Watum mm. and Doctor Strange's Cloak of Levitation. I feel like Doctor Strange's cloak deserves full Avenger status because he helped. He helped. That cloak does the work. It's doing the work. He, he kept Thanos' hand closed. Like, he's literally a, an Avenger. He gives me hardcore carpet from Aladdin. Oh, vibes. yeah. Oh, yeah. I can show you the word. Like, I love... I, I hope that there's an Aladdin variant that's like a Sorcerer <laughs> Supreme, and he wears the, the carpet as a cape. Mm, That'd be hilarious. I like that. But there are a ton of spells that we have seen in the MCU that fall under Eldritch magic, including illusions, conjurations, duplications, energy blasts, and even that bad earth-swallowing spell Doctor Strange pulls off during the final battle in Endgame because he's a boss like yeah. that. That man knows too many magical spells. I love it. Teach me. <laughs> Speaking of Endgame, Eldritch Magic is also able to manipulate the Infinity Stones. Doctor Strange is able to use the Eldritch Magic spells that he learned in the library of Kamertage to engage the Time Stone, so long as it is housed in its magical relic known as the Eye of Agamotto. That's really interesting, MT. I didn't think about that. They use their their Eldritch Magic spells on an Infinity Stone, but mm. that's probably is because it's in the Eye of Agamotto, right? Like if it was just sitting there on the table, they might not be able to like do that same spell. It's magic science, baby. Magic that's science. That's what it is. Magic science. I love magic science. It's also worth noting that Eldritch Magic is not specific to Earth because we also see, if you remember, at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, the coolest Ravager, mm. I feel, in my opinion, Kruger, pull off a little Eldritch magic of his own at the end of that movie. And yeah. I, I I cannot wait to see more interstellar magic because yeah. that's a whole, like, they opened up a whole can of war. I want to see Doctor Strange in space. It's like, there's this whole arc in the comics where uh, Doctor Strange goes to space. Let's just do that. Doctor Strange 3, space adventure. <laughs> like, grab some guardians, just go to space. Mm. But if you have the light, then you must also have the dark. Mm. So let's take a look at two different types of dark magic that we have seen so far in the MCU. Starting with, of course, we gotta talk about it, the big ass head in the weird world, a Dormammu in the Dark Dimension. Magic from the Dark Dimension, the home of our, you know, good buddy Dormammu, is channeled by both the Ancient One and Caecilius in the MCU so far. We don't know who else has it, um, because like I've always mm. said, once you go black, it's hard to go back, Brandon. <laughs> you always say that. And the magical power provided by the Dark Dimension appears to be specifically tied to extending one's lifespan as well as increasing their physical strength. And you can also get a sick forehead tattoo and sometimes some magical conjunctivitis. Yeah, conjunctivitis it really messes on. up their eyes. I don't know why it didn't mess up the ancient one's eyes. I guess she figured out a way to like hide that because like like she hid the the little tattoo. You know how Borda always says the bill is always due? Mm -hmm. Maybe she sacrificed her hair. Oh, so good trade. Good trade-off. Good trade-off. So no one knew. The bill, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good trade-off. I do miss my hair. The so. bill comes due. And when drawing power from the dark dimension to extend her life, the ancient one appears to still be performing Eldritch magic. So that means it's not a one of the other type of thing, but rather the two forms of magic can be used in conjunction, mm. you know, sort of simultaneously. Because for the most part, both her and Kaecilius are still doing like Eldritch magic when they're fighting each other. It's just like right. the dark dimension magic just giving that extra boost of power. And we find out in Doctor Strange 1 that dark dimension magic works even better in the mirror dimension. So that's a weird little perk of Dark Dimension magic there. Their connection to the Dark Dimension makes them more powerful in the Mirror Dimension. They can't affect the real world, but they can still kill us. They're already powered up in the power up place. So they're powered up, they're powered up, double powered up. Double powered up. The other form of dark magic that we need to discuss is something that we're going to call dark magic. And this is the magic. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, MT. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> 
call this dark magic. Dark, dark magic. magic. Ernest Hemingway. That's me. This is the magic performed by our favorite, lovely HBIC. No, no, the HWIC, the head witch in charge, <laughs> mm. Agatha Harkness, that we saw in WandaVision. And it's possible that this is another form of Eldritch magic. But it is interesting to note that when Agatha was being kicked out of her coven, she was accused of practicing, and I quote, the darkest of magic. Mm. The darkest magic. And Agatha has been alive for quite some time, and her ability to absorb the magical abilities of her sisters shows her adeptness at dark magic. And plus, she has had plenty of time to hone her abilities through the studying of the Darkhold, mm. the most evil book that you can check out at the library. If you check out the Darkhold at your public library, you're going on a list. And we don't know how long Agatha has had the Darkhold for. It has appeared in other Marvel series, such as The Runaways and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but those aren't necessarily canon within the MCU anymore. So it's possible that Agatha has had the Darkhold for hundreds of years, but she likely didn't have it yet at the time that she was kicked out of her coven. Agatha uses runes and incantations along with some slight hand gestures, you know, because witches gotta do that. Yeah, she seemed like really tied to having to say spells, right? Uh, which mm. we don't see that as much with like the, the standard Eldritch magic where they're just kind of doing the things and making the patterns. She was like big on spells in WandaVision, that might just be her style. Maybe like dark magic really requires you to say the words, say the words. Say the words. <laughs> Shazam! Agatha's dark magic manifests mm. itself with a purple hue because purple is the darkest of colors. It is. Remember that. And very similar to the colors that we see in the dark dimension. And they're not the same source of that magic, but it is interesting that they have the same color hues. It's not clear when Agatha came into possession of the Darkhold, but it is clear that she has had some innate dark magic abilities of some sort. Yeah, I think she was like doing dark magic before she got the Darkhold, and then when she got it, she was like really into it. Hey man, it's, just, it's addicting stuff. Very it's, addicting. It's good shit. Um, it's, it probably has a really good uh, preface. The, it's got pictures, we know that much. It's got great pictures. Yes! Anyway, the next form of magic we're going to dive into is a magic only seen wielded by one person in the MCU. And that person has got to be the baddest magic wielder of them all, mm. the Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah, And baby. the magic power is called the Chaos Magic. And Chaos Magic is very rare and extremely powerful within the MCU. And we've seen its ability to alter reality on a massive scale as it turned the entire town of Westview and its residents into the playthings of Wanda Maximoff. And the people outside of Westview didn't even know what Westview even existed. They were like, what? Oh, Eastview. We're from Eastview. We're the yeah. Eastview cops. Yeah, she did all that without, like, knowing how to do it. And she, that's how powerful she was. And that's how powerful the magic is, right? And Agatha was just dumbfounded. She's like, how did you do it? Like, tell right. me. You're clearly a witch. How did you do this? This is the craziest spell I've ever seen. You got to tell me how to. She's just like, I don't even know. I just, I'm just got it like that. Yeah. Just, I was just born this way. Maybe it's uh, Maybelline. I don't know. I'm built different. The Darkhold warned of the power of the Scarlet Witch, which is why Agatha was so eager to steal her power. Chaos magic is potentially the most powerful magic that we've seen in the MCU yet, and we've only just begun to see its potential. And I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of what that chaos magic can do in the upcoming Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. If we don't, I'll be very disappointed yeah. because well, why, why, would, why wouldn't we? That'd be very weird. And now that brings us to the magic that we saw demonstrated in Shang-Chi, and we're not talking about the rings themselves because who really knows what's going on there? But yeah. instead, we're talking about the magic we see wielded in the ancient village of Talo by the people like Shang-Chi, his mother, and his aunt. And that magic was given to the village by the Great Protector for our own purposes. And since nobody in the film bothered to give it a name, we're going to call it Talo Magic. Because, mm. you know, that makes just, sense. Just, just make 
We just make terminologies here. We just, you know, we'll just, we'll identify. If they're not going to bother to identify it, we will do Exactly. It. Update the wiki. It's tunnel <laughs> magic. Get the wiki. <laughs> and since the Great Protector is a being from another dimension, it would stand to reason that this magical ability is also drawn from that same dimension. And this does make it similar to the dark dimension magic in some aspect. Not 100%. Yeah, I don't think it's, it's, it's dark magic, but it is interesting how it's like probably coming from another dimension. Wielders of Tylo magic don't need to speak any incantations to use it. They seem to do it completely through gestures, almost like they're moving the energy surrounding them like freaking airbenders. I'm so jealous. I want <laughs> so to be able jealous. to do that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the only thing that air does around me is uh, push me over. My bones are made out of the same material they made, uh, they make check cereal. So it's possible that the Tylo magic can be imbued in objects such as the pendant that Shang-Chi and his sister wear, though we're not entirely certain if the pendants themselves had any magical properties as it's never really demonstrated. What's really distinct about the Tylo magic is that it doesn't seem to manifest any color when manipulated by its wielder. So like that seems to be a first in the MCU. They ran out of colors, I guess. I don't know. Is no color a color? But maybe that is like a, a big distinction for this type of magic. The the lack of color could mean something dramatic about it. Who knows? Maybe it's like putting a silencer on your magic. Mm, oh yeah, you could sneak <laughs> up like, on no somebody. No one needs to see. <laughs> yeah, because if like you're doing magic in like a room, you know, someone outside the window can see the lights flashing. They're like, oh, they're doing magic exactly. in there. But. You wouldn't exactly. know. Exactly. You can only practice magic safely at a rave. You know, no one's going to see you at a rave <laughs> because everyone has the lights at a it's rave. It's true. That's how M Maleficent's crow found uh, Aurora, right? Exactly. Those witches were just being like, pew, those pew, fairies, <laughs> they're, they're just shooting colors all over the place. It's like you got to hide your magic. Come on. If they had the transparent water magic like in Shang-Chi, none of this would happen. Come on, Flora, Fauna, Meriwether, get it together. <laughs> Get it together. Most of my experience with those three witches and Sleeping Beauty is through the Kingdom Hearts series. Oh, okay. So, like, I've only watched Sleeping Beauty one time. Oh, empty. Disappointed. Disappointed. It's my favorite. Oh, it's your favorite Disney movie? It reigns supreme. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love it. Wow. It's, it's pretty good, though. Don't at me, bro. And what's really interesting here is that Talo magic is also tied directly to the mm. village of Talo, which, once someone leaves that village, they are unable to wield that magic anymore. So, it's like a a magical Wi-Fi system, if you will. Like once you're out of range, you're no longer connected. And it's the first time we've seen a localized form of magic in the MCU. I mean, it would be great if you if you owned an Airbnb in that village, because you could be like, come stay here, you get magical powers, uh, and sleep six, <laughs> great. I wonder if this is specific to all the humanity within the MCU, and maybe we'll get an explanation for this in the upcoming Eternals film. Because, you know, as we learn in the Eternals film, mm. the Celestials were responsible for al for altering our genetic code. Right. So what if something within our code that they altered allowed us to be, you know, sort of like receptacles for whatever, you know, magic energy Talo um, allows people to become these, you know, little uh, airbending, you know, magical type warriors. Yeah. And I wonder if what the Eternals are doing, it will be described as magic or if it's considered something else mm. entirely or if they're just using like cosmic energy if that's different from magic or maybe that's what magic mm. is uh mt i know you and i kind of talked about this a little bit like in the comics yeah you know magic all magic is the same right it's all coming from the same energy source but it's just like the different wielders how they use it it makes it distinct yeah i really hope that eternals goes goes into like where you know the magical energies of magic and like you know the, and, and again like you said the the energies of the eternals come from like maybe they're all coming from the same source but like you know different types of the same source like there's a lot of explaining to yeah. do with the mcu it's, in terms of all the weird mystical it's shit. like taco bell right taco bell has six <laughs> ingredients uh on their menu and they just put them together in different ways uh, and that's how you get like 
you know, it's 30 so different true. things you can it's get. Magic the MCU's Taco Bell. So that is our breakdown of all the different types of magic that we've seen in the MCU so far. And we certainly hope to learn more about the Great Protector's style of magic as the MCU grows and magic-wielding beings play an even larger role than ever before because magic is here to stay, ladies and gentlemen. But MT, didn't we, for, didn't we forget one form of magic? Close-up magic? <laughs> Editors, make a, make a card appear right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Oh my God, Brendan, how did you do how that? How did I do it? Oh, but that, that was great, <laughs> MT. Thank you. That kind of helps me uh, categorize all the magical types. And it's crazy we've seen so much, especially the further we get into the MCU and the more it expands, it seems like they're leaning more on the magic. I think we're going to see much more magic as we go deeper into this next phase. They're, they're very much leaning on the magical elements of the MCU and the more, you know, magic slash cosmic-y type things. So we got to pay attention. We got to know these. Got to pay attention. So I'm glad I could help. <laughs> But before we continue, you should check out our most recent addition to our latest Obsession line of shirts, inspired by Marvel's What If. It's a very cool design with Uatu and a really stylized look. And it's a limited edition shirt, so you gotta grab one quick, because it's not gonna be around forever. <laughs> and we've also got a full line of Suicide Squad merch and a Spider-Man No Way Home inspired shirt and a bunch of other great gear, because Spider-Man No Way Home is coming and you gotta be wearing his swag. You gotta. So grab something from NewRockStarsMerch.com and it's an awesome way to support this channel to get some nods of approval from cool strangers who are also part of the Kang gang and all the other gangs that I've started ever <laughs> since I've joined. <laughs> it's true. So many gangs. And before we continue to our bite-sized questions next, some words from the folks that help bring Big Question to you. Folks like Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, we've learned that there's always a catch. The cool thing about Mint Mobile is that there isn't a catch. Mint Mobile is the first company to sell wireless service online only. And by cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on that sweet savings directly to you because that's the only thing that should be passed down, is savings and maybe a family inheritance. But you know, I, I'm not in charge of your life. Um, here at New Rockstars, Philip switched to Mint Mobile last year, and he loves it. He got to keep his phone and his number, and is paying a lot less than he was from his previous provider, who he won't name, but <laughs> it's not as cool as Mint Mobile, let me tell you that. And for people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service for just, let me hear it, 15 bucks a month. And all plans come with a limited talk and text with high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. So to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash big Q. That's mintmobile.com slash big Q, B-I-G-Q, and cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash big you. Oh, folks, we all shop online, don't we? And boy, do we love it. And we've all seen that promo code field taunt us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. All of your favorites are there. You know it, you love it, it's Honey. When you're shopping online and go to checkout, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site 
And if Honey finds a working coupon, <laughs> you'll watch the prices drop, buddy. Off-screen producer Zach recently used Honey to save $14 on some new work clothes because now that we have an office again, he can't wear a robe to work anymore. HR won't allow it. Honey has found over $2 billion in savings for its over 17 million members. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on some free savings. It's literally free, folks. I don't know what else to tell you. And it stalls in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and you'll be helping out the channel here at New Rockstars. I never recommend something I don't use and I do use Honey and it's helped me out a lot. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash big question. That's joinhoney.com slash big question. All right, Brandon, it is time for our bite-sized mm. question. You ready, buddy? Oh, I'm ready. As the children say, nom, 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 nom. All right, our first bite-sized question is, if Doc Ock is a normal human, how the hell does he survive punches from the super-powered Spider-Man? And this is from Spoon Fiesta on Discord. And that's a very good question. Thank you, Spoon Fiesta. Because I played Spider-Man PS4. <laughs> oh, man. And that final battle, I punched the shit yeah. out of Doc Ock. Yeah, yeah. And this man was just surviving. So I have to know, how could this man survive so many of Peter's punches? I mean, the Spider-Man game, you're constantly just throwing people off of buildings. And then they, like... <laughs> <laughs> they web to the side of the building, which is like, okay, I guess they're alive. But then someone's got to get that dude down, you know? And yeah. doesn't his web, like, dissipate after, like, an hour? So you better fucking move. Uh, yeah, you got to You got to move, bro. Like, yeah. the window cleaner's going to be like, ah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Another one. as you said, MT, Spider-Man, you know, he's got a ton of abilities. But one of them is, like, super strength. He's really strong. Mm. Uh, he's swole. Yeah. And when he's not fighting, like, the big bads, you know, he's usually dealing with a lot of low-level street thugs, like, stealing bikes mm. and stuff like that. He could easily decapitate these guys with one punch if he was just using all his strength. But as we all know, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. He always used to tell me, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great big booty Wait, who said that? I've, I've never, never heard, heard it said before. Uh, <gasps> so Peter has to be responsible with his powers uh, when he's doling out those beatdowns so he's not killing criminals left and right because we all know he cries like a little baby when he kills somebody. Uh, <laughs> well, I killed it's somebody. No Get over it, Peter. Being a little bitch, Peter. Now, if man up, <laughs> man up Peter. Uh, <laughs> you know, Spider-Man, can he could really turn up the punch power and knock someone out when he's dealing with an enhanced villain. And sometimes he can do it with like mm -hmm. one punch if he needs to. One punch, man. One punch! I'm tired. I want to go home. Take that hobgoblin. <laughs> Uh, it's like my aunt needs a medicine. Yeah, <laughs> I got to get out of here. It's pizza time. Let's go. When it comes to a good portion of the rogues gallery for Spider-Man, they're just normal humans with no real strength enhancements. And one of those is certainly uh, Dr. Octopus himself. He's not in the business of killing criminals, Spider-Man. So he's going to pull his punches a lot with villains like Doc Ock. That is if he can get close. You know, most of the time when Spider-Man's fighting Doc Ock, he has a hard time getting past the mechanical arms. Like they're too fast. There's four of them. They're coming all over the place. And his spider sense is going crazy. And he can't even get in close enough to Doc Ock's body to like land a blow. Hashtag mechanical arm problem. Yeah, I mean, you got to deal with it. Sorry, Spider-Man. This is, this is the deal. You signed up for the job. And we should also consider that in the comics and in the Raimi film, uh, Spider-Man is aware 
that Dr. Octavius is somewhat being controlled by the arms. Mm. So that makes him go a little easy when he's like punching him in the face. Nothing helps a man with some <laughs> mental problems like punching him yeah. in the head repeatedly. Yeah. Now it is worth <laughs> noting that in the comics, all the bumps and bruises that Doc Ock has taken over the years, uh, it has caught up with him. He's had to start wearing like a fully armored bodysuit. He doesn't even like use his real arms anymore. And he has like eight arms. So he's just kind of holding in this little pod because to him, it's like his brain is the most important part. He doesn't use his physical body anymore. It's just his yeah. brain and these metal arms, and they're going to take over the world. It always did bother me. There was Dr. <laughs> Octopus that didn't have eight arms total. I mean, I guess he's got four legs, two arms. Yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. Does he count his other two, like his normal legs as weapons? I guess. I don't, <laughs> just get, I can't I can't deal with the math, Doc Ock. I would love this if Dr. Octopus like killed a version of Spider-Man with one of his, like, just his normal legs. Just a normal leg. He just kicks him. <laughs> he's like, I had the power all along. Like, you weren't expecting this, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, gotcha. One other really important thing to know is like Dr. Octopus is well aware of just how strong Spider-Man is because uh, in the amazing Spider-Man number 700, a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> Peter, Peter and Doc Ock are in this weird Freaky Friday scenario where they like swap mm, consciousnesses. The superior Spider-Man, eh? They're just exploring each other's bodies. They're exploring each other's bodies. <laughs> and so like Doc Ock as Spider-Man is dealing with Scorpion. He's trying to tell him to like, just chill the fuck out. Like I'm, I'm doing something right now. I'm Doc Ock, don't, don't say anything. Scorpion's like <laughs> fighting him and he's like, Doc Ock's like, enough. And so he punches Scorpion like in the jaw, which is like the only non-armored part of his face. Yeah. And he punches yeah. the jaw off. Like he punches it straight off. And Jameson's there and he's like, hell yeah, Spider-Man. This is my kind of stuff. This is what I want to see. <laughs> and like Doc Ock as Spider-Man is like, oh, this is, I'm pretty strong. This kid could have killed me at 14. <laughs> yeah, big wake up call for, for Doc Ock that day. To answer your question, uh, Doc Ock only survives Spider-Man punches, Spider-Man's punches because Peter lets him survive. You're on oh. notice, Doc Ock. <laughs> Every breath you breathe is because Peter allows it. And it makes a lot of sense considering, like you said, you know, Uncle Ben's with great power comes great responsibility. So like the fact that, you know, Peter does pull his punches with these villains that keep coming back. It's just like, dang, like I want to freaking kill you like Norman Osborn for, for killing Gwen. But I can't because I'm a nice and I have these spider powers for a reason. But anyway, I got another bite-sized question for you, Brandon. Okay. Hmm. How much does one Iron Man suit cost to make? And how much money did Tony blow up with that clean slate protocol in Iron Man 3 that was just for show? This is from IAJSmith24 on Discord. Thank you, IAJ Smith. Thank you. Uh, and yes, uh, Shane Black, who wrote Iron Man 3, had a, had a lovely ending for it uh, that ultimately mm. was not adhered to uh, in the MCU because we like having <laughs> Iron Man around. But the wealth of Tony Stark and the cost of his suits, it's always like been a hot topic of speculation. Mm. All of these finance-based publications would always put out a story based around this topic. Like when one of the movies came out, trying to get those clicks, getting that clickbait. Right. Uh, so since mm. you are asking about <laughs> Iron Man 3 specifically, I went back mm. on the Wayback Machine on the intranet oh. and I found an infographic from moneysupermarket.com. They published this back in 2013 around the release of the mm. film. It lists eight of the suits that we clearly see in the film and the eight mm. of them together cost around $7 billion total. So that, I, that's nothing. That's nothing, that. chump change. Uh, <laughs> so that averages out, if we average it out, because different suits have different things, which cost more, cost less, whatever. It averages out to about $875 million a suit back in 2013. Damn. During that clean slate protocol, 33 suits are destroyed. It's basically the Mark 8 through the Mark 71. They, they blow up 
at Christmas time. Boom. Uh, so that leaves Tony with a clean slate protocol that costs him about $28,875,000,000. Damn. And he also lost his house. So yeah, he, took a, he took a big, big hit, like, hit, big hit on the taxes. Though if you, to be fair, I think Tony using like Stark Industries to build the suits that he personally owns the company. And I think this is embezzling somehow <laughs> to be like, oh, I got to make another Iron Man suit. So cut me a check for $875 million and then I will make the suit at my own company. Like, come on, dude. Rich people stay rich by being thrifty. Now it is time for my favorite part of the show, Brandon. It's the box of scraps. Box of scraps. Box of scraps. Box of scraps. Brandon, our box of scraps question of the day is, what type of magical powers from any fandom mm. would you like to wield and why? I'll go first for this one because I have always wanted to have the force powers from Star Wars. Oh. Just to, to be a, a force wizard in the Star Wars universe is being one with the universe. And mm. like, I don't know, just like, it's sort of just like, obviously you could you push things, telekinesis, and like, you know, have like prophecies and all that cool stuff. But like just being able to be one with the universe, mm. I just feel like that just be really peaceful. Would you stay on the light side, MT, or would you? No, 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 no. Um, I enjoy sex. Sex is great. <laughs> um, so I couldn't go to uh, Bible school for my entire. Have life. you ever heard the tale of Darth Pelagius? <laughs> Darth Plagueis the Wise. For me, I mean, this is going to be a basic ass answer, MT, but oh. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, give me that Harry Potter magic, baby. Yo, it's pretty great. Wingardium Leviosa. I think they were, they did give you that straight up. Like, there's a lot of schoolwork you got to do. You got to learn this magic. You got to read a lot of books. You got to do all this stuff. You got to stay Ooh. hidden from the muggles, blah, 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 blah. Give me the wand. Give me the powers. Give me the robe. <laughs> I want to be decked out. I want to be out there changing into animals. Uh, I want to be, you know, just transporting myself all over the place. Give me, give me that Harry Potter magic, baby. When you said give me the wand, I just pictured you just like walking into Hogwarts first year, mm. just like kicking the door oh. down. Give me the wand. Give me the wand, bro. Give, give me the, the wand. wand. I don't want to, I don't want these school lessons. Just give me the wand. I'll learn it myself. Yeah. Don't give me the lesson. Just give me the wand. All right. I'll do that online learning. That's what I, that's what I need. Right? Online close, magic close-up university, there whatever it's called. Like, he'll teach you all the magic. <laughs> Give me the Phoenix learn. University for magic, baby. Exactly. It's, it's the best one. It's literally the Phoenix because Dumbledore. Cool. It's pretty funny. The, the Order of the Phoenix University. There I you go. <laughs> well, that is it for this episode of Big Question. I want to thank off-screen, now on-screen producer Brandon for joining me on this show. Please follow him at Grin and Barrick on Twitter if you want to see him be amazing online. Please follow me at Mastertainment, but most importantly, follow New Rockstars, especially at New Rockstars, that are New Rockstars handle on Twitter. And, but if you're doing it on YouTube, make sure to hit that notification mm. bell so you can get notifications whenever we upload a video because we do that all day, every day. But yes, please make sure to follow us on Twitter because Tyler is a, a social media maestro. Please uh, leave him some love because we all love Tyler. Thank you guys so much for watching this video. Go to NewRockstarsMerch.com to buy some cool shirts and we will see you guys next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Magic, magic. <laughs> <laughs>